Hello and welcome back to From A to Xenon, a Disney Channel original movie podcast. I'm Jahan. I'm Avery. Jahan, I want some like sleigh bells in the background. <laughs> like, okay. Given that we have our own personal Santa who has granted our every holiday wish this month and every month, there probably will be sleigh bells. Last episode, we asked for a sky high sound effect, and boy, did we get a sky high sound effect. Adam gives and gives, and what an excellent setup for this episode, because Avery, it's the holidays. Avery, it's glorious. I'm in Houston, the wintry wonderland where we both grew up, and it is the Christmas season, and what a movie we have chosen. I, the introduction is too much. I can't even handle it. Yes, I'm ready for the season. I mean, we watched the ultimate Christmas present, Brenda Song's very first Disney Channel original movie. Which I will say I had never seen before. So this was my first time viewing it. And well, I was I was taken aback. Avery. So many things to talk about. I'm so excited to talk about this movie because... I I had seen it many times, I think, but my only memory was that Brenda Song was in it and very little, that it was about a weather machine. It was so much more fun than I could, like, I always have fun watching these, but the amount of fun I had watching this movie, I'm a little sleep deprived. I watched it today. I've been very busy this week, but I had so much fun watching this <laughs> oh, movie. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Okay, <laughs> let's just let's just dive in. Let's just dive in. I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? I am ready. Let's get started. If you didn't know that this movie took place in LA, <laughs> this movie took place in LA. Wait, can, can we just talk about it? So first, they show you the beach. They show you like, like Venice Beach. They show you the Hollywood side. And then <laughs> just in case you did not know, they put a little like title line that says Los Angeles, California. <laughs> they go all in. They let you know exactly when and where you are from the first moments of this movie. And it's not just everything they show you. There is also like, I don't remember what Christmas song it was, but there is a very like reggae tropical version of a Christmas song playing immediately. <laughs> and they're like, LA, three days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a really solid establishment you know exactly where you're planted (laughs) (laughs) we are in los angeles we are three days out until christmas and it's interesting because like i said i'd never seen this movie i was trying to figure out who main characters were and they don't give us well they give us a main ish character they give us edwin hadley who is edwin Mm -hmm. hadley shahan (laughs) he is a boring la weatherman who is extremely bored by LA weather because it's Christmas. What are you going to get? You're going to get a beautiful sunny day. We're in Houston right now. It's 70 degrees. I get it. We went through this as kids. Did we become terrible meteorologists? No. (laughs) But no, Edwin is bored. He's unfulfilled by LA weather. And for some reason, we meet him before we meet any of the child stars of this film. Yes. So we get Edwin talking about the weather on the on like the news channel. But then we're also introduced to the Thompson family, which is this idyllic family of mom, dad, mm-hmm. Allie, our main character, and her younger brother, Joey. I forgot Spencer Breslin was in this, but uh, 
he showed up as younger brother Joey, and he also delivered as younger brother Joey. <laughs> so we'll get to the, we'll get to the cast later because I found some discovery that I did not know. But Ooh, but we'll, later later later. But yes, so we're we're introduced to this family, and you could automatically tell immediately like from the get-go that this family is busy like Mm -hmm. mom is on the phone dad's on the phone mom owns a catering company Mm -hmm. dad is like a businessman who like runs a dog website i was very confused what does dad do (laughs) okay do not disrespect dad because your boy is making (laughs) bones for bowser.com and i said that's a terrible website name but actually, he mentions it to talk about what a good website name it is. It is a website where they sell dog bones. Mm. And you might say, that's unnecessary. The joke is like, is that a website you need? But this man is inventing Chewy.com ahead of the game. He's going to be a millionaire. He is going to change the world. And the thing is, given the year and how the dot-com bubble worked, first of all, this is very fun in terms of, like, the time placement of this decom film. But also, like, my, like, college friend, college acquaintance's dad created ebags.com, which is a website I have never heard of for selling suitcases. Hmm. They sold it for millions of dollars. Oh, shoot. Yeah, in the early 2000s, you could make a website selling anything. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's wow. not true. But you really, I did not know a suitcase website would do that well. One I never heard of. Interesting. Anyway, back to our story. (laughs) Family is busy. They're on a call. Um, Dad has to go on a business trip to San Francisco for a business meeting. And the whole thing is like, oh, when he comes back, like they're going to get a Christmas tree. And I'm like, you're kind of cutting it a little close, fam. But I digress. They're going to get a Christmas tree. They're going to decorate the tree. The family's going to come like uncle, aunt, the grandparents are all going to come and they're just going to have a good old like Christmas time. Mom is a schedule, a scheduler and an organizer and has like Mm -hmm. a whole agenda set for like the holidays. Yeah. um, (laughs) Lots of things being cut close this holiday season, I'd say. Why are you having a business meeting in San Francisco two days before Christmas? I know we weren't in the era of Zoom, but I feel like there was a better option. Yeah. Allie lives across the street from her best friend, Sam, played by Brenda Song. These families are very tight-knit, which I do love. But they are excited because Allie just got a call. They've been invited to Blake Lynch's Christmas party. Tell me why this boy is throwing a Christmas party on the day of Christmas. Y'all are 13. Why is it on the day of Christmas? You don't matter that much. People got to be with their families. So disrespectful. I don't celebrate Christmas and I have always known. I'm not going to bother my friends who do celebrate Christmas on December 24th or 25th. Unless they personally reach out to me and say, Jahan, we miss your sparkling personality. Jahan, we miss your company. Come spend some time with us. Have they? Not often. But Avery would. (laughs) I know Avery. (laughs) Be ready for my text the 25th. <laughs> anyway, so we have <laughs> we have so many things happening, so many things to do. We have Blake's mm-hmm. party, family mm-hmm. coming, brother's basketball tournament. Right. 
Also, basketball tournament on Christmas Day. What are they doing to the families of Los Angeles at this time? I don't know. So this is the LA fast life. This is so disrespectful. <laughs> but anyway, so fun fact, Allie wants for Christmas these like rollerblades, which I want to point out, she says go 80 miles an hour. And I was like, that is not safe. Why is that something you're interested in? That's terrifying. This child, too bold. And we'll get into that more. <laughs> So we get the little setup of the family and then mm-hmm. we're headed to middle school and oh. Allie has a creative writing paper that she hasn't started, but it's due tomorrow before they go on break. Girl is only focused on Blake in this party. Like she has not done oh this my paper God. at all. She is writing his name all over her notebook. She is daydreaming. Also, Blake Lynch, your boy looks eight. She is crushing on an eight-year-old boy. I need to look up how old the actor is. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but there was a clear age gap. Like, I was like, oh, this is the first time, like, our characters, like, Allie and Sam, like, clearly look like they're in middle school. And we haven't had that happen before. And I was like, okay, they're clearly in middle school. But when I saw Blake, I was like, Blake is not in middle school. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, They promoted a fifth grader a few grades too high and the eighth graders are crushing on him. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but he truly does look like, you know, like a fifth grader, a 10 year old at best. And it is noticeable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like. Very strange. Eek. (laughs) She has not started writing the paper and immediately as she leaves school is like, Man, I'd do anything to not have to write that paper. I gotta get out of this. Miss, just go home, write your paper. What is with children these days? Allie is like, hey, we've got time. We can still make it to the library. We can still get a present for Joey, her little brother. We can do it all. Let's take a shortcut through the woods. Tell me why they are near the woods, Avery. We already learned they live in Los Angeles. What woods? (laughs) I have no idea, but I was like... Is this safe? Like, is this the best choice? Stranger Danger was a real thing in 2000. Why don't these girls know this? I could not tell you because they are zooming into the woods that do not exist in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) They obviously get lost because they've never done this before. Also, the implication is that the younger brother and his friends do that all the time. I didn't realize it at first because they have not yet told us the younger brother's name at this point in the movie. Mm. We do, they're like Joey and his friends do it all the time. Why is the younger brother always taking a shortcut through the woods? He's even he's smaller. I know, I know, I know. but they're taking a shortcut in the woods. Sam is a little concerned because she's like, "Have we been this way already?" And then what do they find? But a log cabin in the woods. And rather than leaving, Allie's like, "Oh, let's go check it out." This is the start of Hansel and Gretel. They are going to get eaten. <laughs> every line in this movie, like every every throwaway line in this movie that probably didn't have to be written, made me laugh. So on the way, Allie's like, trust me, let's take the shortcut. And Sam says, every time you say trust me, I either end up in detention or on a missing persons list. How many times have you been on a missing persons list, Sam? Why do your parents let you hang out with this girl? I know. Parents. This is, this is... Allie's not a good influence. Oh, and we'll certainly learn that as we go on. <laughs> so they get to this log cabin. Allie's like, yeah, let's go check it out. 
And they see this like frustrated old man who like has some weird like contraption in his hand and he's like, oh, it's not working and all this other stuff. We immediately learn that Allie loves a scheme because she's like, I think she wants to ring the doorbell. She's like, mm-hmm. what will you give me if I ring the doorbell? And Sam is like, don't do that. And Allie's like, how about if I ring it, you have to write my paper. And if I chicken out, I have to write your paper. And Sam's like, no, my paper is almost done. This is a terrible deal. Girl's procrastinating real hard. And she does not listen to her sensible friend. Yeah, yeah. And so they're trying to do this dare or like Allie's trying mm-hmm. to convince Sam to like to get in on this dare. The man has this weird contraption. It's obviously not working. In frustration, he like throws it out the door. And so like Allie gets into hiding because like that kind of scares her. He like walks out of the log cabin, throws it in the trash and Allie decides to take it from the trash. And Sam is like, dude, like that's not yours. And she's like, oh, he threw it away and they take it. And I did type here, this movie where only works if Allie is ultimately a very bad child. (laughs) I kept thinking about Stuck in the Suburbs because uh, Stuck in the Suburbs also features Brenda Song. She's just a little bit older. And neither of those girls is anywhere near this bad. They're both actually very much good girls. And it's just like, Allie, I know, is a nice girl, but she is a bad girl. Mm. And I think there's a reason we start to sort of get that early, very early on. Yeah. Man comes back to the trash can, looks for his like contraption or his machine and doesn't see it anymore and goes, oh, no, that's what you know. Something's bad. (laughs) You also say, wow, what a handsome man with a delightful red beard and a lovely red outfit. (gasps) Who could it be, Jahan? (laughs) I don't know. Whoever I thought it was, he certainly wouldn't live in Southern California. (laughs) We go home. The mom is very busy with her catering. Um, She has an assistant who I think has to be based off Michelle from the Gilmore Girls. He is like exactly the same character oh i did not make that connection i'm so i did not make that connection it could just be in my head but he has an accent and he is very like prissy vaguely prissy and very silly too though he does not matter in this film at all frankly i don't know why he's here (laughs) but yes spencer breslin i mean uh joey a prince so the girls take the machine upstairs and decide to figure out what it does. Yeah, they're pressing knobs, they're pressing settings, and then they realize that this machine controls the weather. Allie presses a knob or turns a knob, and all of a sudden there's a giant cloud over her ceiling of her room. In the room, it is raining, and I have to say, this machine's design is so cool. I really was like, This is a great machine design for a decom. It's this cute little like metal contraption with a little smiley face and a lot of like little knobs and stuff. It's like they move the knob to the side, the cloud moves to the other side, the cloud moves. And then tell me why. You just saw what that machine did. Would you touch the button with a lightning bolt on it? You wouldn't? No, I would not. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) But this machine also not only does rain, there's so many other features, Shahad. We got some wind here. Mm-hmm. An earthquake happens. Why is there an earthquake button on this machine? I don't know, but my knowledge of Bill Nye, Bill Nye would be very disappointed because I'm like, that's not how weather works. That's not. Listen, that's, 
If your problem is the science of this machine, I have other movies for you to watch. (laughs) But do not come at the ultimate Christmas present for the science of the earthquake. It's the logic of the earthquake I have a problem (laughs) with. Why put it on the machine at all? Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like the machine should have had one purpose, not several. But there's also a lightning button. This girl nearly electrocutes Sam, her lifelong best friend, and she's like, whoa, how fierce is that? Girl, is that fierce? Is that fierce? We get a little bit of a moment here where Joey thinks that they're hiding his Christmas present, Mm -hmm. and he makes very clear he is going to try to find that Christmas present. Yeah. Will he? This is not his Christmas present, but he's nosy and cute, so he'll probably get his nose into some business. They start an earthquake, which terrifies the adults downstairs. <laughs> they reference the 1994 Los Angeles earthquake, which is really feels like some inside baseball for some L.A. writers and producers who are making this movie. <laughs> I was in that earthquake, but I was a year old. (laughs) The children watching this movie did not care about that earthquake. (laughs) And then they find the button that makes it snow. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of wonderful because these are two Southern California girls. They don't have snow experience. Like, we're two Texas girls. In Texas, we probably had, like, snow five times in our lives, maybe more. Yeah. Once our junior year of high school, we ran out on our lunch break. It was a magical time. I have those pictures. You should have been there. (laughs) lovely pictures (laughs) so it's no yeah it snows in Allie's room and I want to point out one more time again that it is Sam the logical child who's like we need to return this machine like right away (laughs) like this machine we just need to give it back and Allie's like no Let's not return this machine. Let's use this machine to get a snow day. And I love the way that she describes the snow day, Shahad, because she's like, my cousin in Boston says that like, (laughs) (laughs) that when it snows, like they don't have to go to school. Like, let's find a way to get out of school. This is a bad child. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, sounds like we could accidentally flood a city or cause a blizzard. And Allie is like, but I haven't written my paper. (laughs) (laughs) This child is not thinking clearly. And she's trying to convince Sam and she starts like listing reasons. She's like, people will want a white Christmas in LA. We'll have two extra weeks for the creative writing assignment. This is the thing that convinces Sam, which is very funny to me. We'll have a whole extra day to plan what we're wearing to Blake's party. And I was like, Allie, please. He's a toddler. He'll be impressed with whatever you wear. (laughs) He's an eight-year-old boy. He doesn't care. Oh, my word. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the North Pole. (laughs) Of course. uh, (laughs) Mrs. Claus. Or what is it? What She doesn't... Wait, she's not referred to as... I want to point out that, like, they're not ever referred to as, like, Mrs. Claus. Isn't she, like, referred to as, like, Mama or something like that? Well, they call her Mrs. C. I don't... Oh, uh, the okay. girls call her Mrs. C. Okay. Weirdly, her husband calls her Mama, and she calls him Papa, and we'll get into that in a moment. First of all, um... The mom... We, uh, we just jumped over where the mom steps into the bedroom and is like... Why is it soaking wet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Avery, why doesn't she ask any further questions? <laughs> There's no questions. It's like, where did all this water come from? Why are you wet? I have people coming over to the house in a couple of days. Never ask where the water came from. To be clear, the lightning knocked down a light fixture. 
she looks at a burned light fixture and is not like, that could have killed my child. She's like, I have five parties to cater in two days. Mom, I need you to focus up. It's hard being a working parent. Believe me, I know. I have cats. But <laughs> I was about to say, you know? My mother has cats. <laughs> and I am currently in charge of one of them sometimes. It's oh, dear hard Lord. out here for Jihad. <laughs> my mom is really annoyed because, again, for two days of my entire life so far, I have been helping out with my grandmother and our 20-year-old cat. And every chance I get, I've been like, it's really hard holding this family together. Stop. <laughs> and working a job. <laughs> and I'll tell you, my mother is annoyed with me. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. I'm sorry. I'll get back to the movie. So the mom does not ask any questions. And we go to the North Pole at the same time where we meet my two favorite characters in this movie. I love them so much. Oh, do you mean Sparky and Crumpet? <laughs> I do mean Sparky and Crumpet. And they are the land's finest elves. They are two, I'd say six, three men. They are two tall men. And they are here to pitch Mrs. Claus on their vision for a new and improved North Pole. They're like, it's time to automate things, Mrs. C. It's time to get with the times. They're like, well, uh, you know, elves will be obsolete. And since we're going to be obsolete, we're going to retrain them to be telemarketers. We're going to take phone orders. We're going to take Santa into the digital age. And they're, and they're like, so, Mrs. C, tell us, tell us what you think. Don't beat around the bush. And she's like, this is the worst idea I've ever heard. When I tell you this movie repeatedly made me laugh out loud, <laughs> I was having a blast with this nonsense. And these these elves, they are, they're not your typical idea of elves. And I don't know if that was because they didn't want to spend money on special effects or something like that. But these are two very tall men who are like, people don't even know what elves look like. And they are both extraordinarily goofy. Just so silly. Sparky is real dumb. And Crumpet's also pretty dumb, but Sparky is especially. Like, Crumpet's the one with, like, more of the half of the brain they share, I'd say. <laughs> oh, my. So, in this interaction, Mrs. C gets a call from the man in the cabin, which we oh. now come to find out... <gasps> is santa what are the odds <laughs> and he's like he's freaking out because he's missing the weather machine mm -hmm. and he's like oh my funny thing it's like oh did you check here and he's like yes did you check here yes did you check your pockets <laughs> people do not trust santa to be a competent man of course he checked his pockets <laughs> and also it would not fit in his pockets this machine is about the size of a football and sl slightly bigger than a football i'd say Exactly. So he needs help finding the machine. And initially it gets recommended that like two of their best elves come and like help Santa. But they're like, no. Fiona and Twinkle. <laughs> yes. But Fiona and Twinkle need to help at the North Pole to like get things ready for Christmas. Right. So who do they send? But Sparky and Crumpet. <laughs> and Sparky and Crumpet are told to take two reindeer but they can't take a reindeer dasher bit sparky once did sparky poke him absolutely he did did he provoke him there's been past trauma <laughs> <laughs> there has been an incident we don't talk about it much around the north pole 
<laughs> but don't worry, Sparky and Crumpet are back with another solution. The SUV. And what does SUV stand for? The Santa Utility Vehicle. <laughs> and also, I need to stop and talk a little bit about how Mrs. C and Santa hang up the phone, Avery. Oh. Because things things got a little too steamy. <laughs> because these people are stressed as hell. These people think Christmas is going to be ruined. And then Mrs. Claus ends the call with, now give me a kiss. And he goes, mama. And she goes, papa. There is just a full, like, 30 seconds of flirting in the middle of this crisis. And then the... <laughs> But that's all. That's all I had to say. I I, I was a agog. <laughs> had to really reach into my brain to find that word. <laughs> I see. <laughs> okay. They're in the Santa utility vehicle and they're headed to find that weather machine. We're back in LA and we've turned on the weather machine and it's snowing in LA. Like no one believes it. Sam's mom comes from across the street and was like, oh, you expect it to be brown from like mudslides. This woman has two lines in this movie, but they are perfect. I don't know why. Every throwaway line in this movie, impeccable. So it is snowing. And then back at the news station, they like put in for the weatherman, the meteorologist, like a special report to say that it's snowing and he like doesn't believe it. Like there cannot possibly be snow in Los Angeles. Like he's throwing away the memo. They're trying to throw it back at him. It literally takes them throwing a snowball in his ear <laughs> and the side of his face to convince them that it is snowing in LA. And after that, he's so skeptical because he's like determined to figure out how the heck this is happening because weather in LA is always the same and never changing. And he's determined to pinpoint where this snow is coming from. He is trying to focus on that, but he's called in to talk to his boss. And his boss is a, honestly a lot. He's got a very strong accent. He's like, like I don't know, strong, like Northeast accent of some sort. And he's just like, why didn't you know about the snow? Because it was magic, but like neither of them knows that. He fully calls him the worst weatherman in the world. It's He's really mean to him. He's like, you're boring. Nobody likes to watch you. My audience does not care to watch you. Like we're LA. Can you make it like LA weather, right? Like, okay, there's snow. How is it affecting Brad Pitt? How is it affecting the Backstreet Boys? He fully says that. And then we get the reveal that... The only reason he has kept Edwin around for this long is because he's married to his sister. But even she said he should let him go. And then we see a picture of the sister and the boss. And it's just a picture of Edwin in a wig, which is a perfect gag. <laughs> I wasn't ready. When they showed the picture on his desk, I was like, oh! <laughs> I promise you, I did not notice that as a child. Like, kids watching this for sure did not catch that. They're just like, wow, they sure look alike. <laughs> and Edwin's like, Belinda said that? It's just, again, there is no reason for any of, like, the last two, se like, 20 seconds to have been in the movie. But it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> what a silly, silly movie. Back at the house, 
Everything is going according to plan. Both of the kids have a snow day. The kids of the neighborhood are losing their minds. They're going sledding. People are driving by in an open convertible just being like, it's snowing in LA. They're not ready. They're not ready. While Allie's so excited about the snow day and not having to do her paper, she didn't think about the flip side, the consequences of what would happen because it's snowing. First, her snow has managed to travel all the way to like San Francisco. And so now flights have been canceled and her dad can't come back home. But it's the day before Christmas Eve. <sighs> Allie, think about the consequences of your actions. Think about all the families other than your dad. My God. Never once, never once does she think about those other families on that flight. She's just thinking about father. <laughs> At the same time, the elves have reached Santa at his summer cabin, which is what we learn this cabin is. It is his summer home. You know, the man works one day a year, but he also needs a vacation home. Tell me why. <laughs> Just kidding. He's very busy. He runs a very big operation. They're looking around. Crumpet has brought his teeny tiny magnifying glass. Then Santa finds a footprint. And I will say this footprint that they show us is massive. They were like, oh, to get this to read on camera, we should use the boot print of a large man. <laughs> but but it, that is not what it is. It is apparently Allie's footprint. So the elves are trying to use their high-tech high tech stuff to figure it out. They're like, what size shoe is it? This and that. Santa just looks at it. He's like, it's the Adidas free runner or whatever. Because he gave them to like, 200,000 girls last year who asked for them. Mm -hmm. And he also knows there's 1,937 girls in Los Angeles with size seven shoes. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for, and this is their description of how to find Allie. They're on the hunt for a naughty girl with a size seven shoe. <laughs> I will say this is like, we finally get the payoff for why Allie has been pretty bad this whole movie like we wouldn't have known she was on the naughty list before this but we're like oh yeah everything about her behavior to this point makes this make sense so we then get one of my favorite moments which is a slow-mo walk with santa and the elves all in sunglasses and as usual i had closed captioning on i know avery you don't always but the music in the on disney plus was fun but what the closed captioning told me is that the song was originally Secret Agent Man, but they didn't have the rights for it. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the clo so the closed captioning as I watched this was the lyrics to Secret Agent Man, which absolutely was not playing in the background. You stop it right now. No, I missed that. Yeah, well, because it was just an instrumental in the version on Disney+. Plus. Uh -huh. I was trying to find the real thing online. It's very silly. <laughs> An incredible sequence. Slow-mo. Obviously, the elves then bump into each other because they are big dummies who I love with all my heart. And then we get Avery. As every decom should deliver to us, we get a montage. And this one in particular is one of my favorites because it's the silliest conceit for a montage. It is Santa and the elves going and catching naughty girls in the act of misbehaving. Yep. <laughs> we 
we get a girl, what, like eating chocolate that she's not supposed to. Wasn't somebody throwing snowballs? Somebody was throwing snowballs at a couple that was just on a romantic walk. <laughs> yes. And another one was hitting snowmen with a baseball bat quite violently. Mm-mm-mm. Of course, I know it's the year 2000. It's a very fun children's movie. I understand that these are very safe men. But what we see is these very tall grown men knowing their names already and being like, Mary Jo, should you be doing that? And then asking them about their past crimes. (laughs) Like, we don't see much of that, but we do see enough to be like, well, that's certainly creepy. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. This was the moment where I was like, this is... One of my favorite Disney Channel original movie scripts ever because the silliest stuff is happening. And it really, it was never what I expected. Like, I just watched The Santa Claus a week ago. I've really had a very Christmas movie-centric week, I guess. I see. I love The Santa Claus. Very funny. But this is, like, also modernizing the North Pole in a very, very silly, silly way. (laughs) All right. Once again, we see Sam's mom for one second to say, the roads are a mess. Here's the one day I can finally use my four-wheel drive, and I don't know how it works. This woman. Same girl. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to use that feature. (laughs) Avery, what are you going to do when we get snowed in? (laughs) (laughs) I can't drive. (laughs) One of us needs to be prepared. (laughs) I don't know. We're, We're in trouble. But so Allie realizing that her dad can't come on Christmas, Allie decides to turn off the weather machine. Like they've had too much fun. We're realizing the consequences of our actions. She's like, oh, I didn't realize like how much I would miss my dad on Christmas. And then John, like I was blubbering real tears. So she's like, oh, I didn't realize how much I would miss my dad on Christmas. And then we find out Sam's character, her dad died when she was three. And This girl has known her her entire life, and she's like, I don't want my father not here. Sounds awful, right? Can you imagine? And Sam's like, yeah, I I think I can. (laughs) And I truly wrote, Allie, you senseless bitch. (laughs) No, but like the real tears of Sam being like, yeah, like I don't even remember him. Like he died when I was so young. She had the biggest tears of life. When she cried, I cried. (laughs) She was like, how could I miss someone I barely remember? And Allie's like, do you want to talk about it? It's this really sweet moment of her just being like, it's very odd because they had just told the moms they were going to go run up and grab a hat. And they have like this multi-minute heartfelt conversation where we get a lot of character development for Sam really fast. And that I think they don't really use enough of. (laughs) But what I do love about these relationships in this movie is one, how intertwined these families are. Like the moms are really good friends. They get a joint present for Joey, the little brother, even though he's only Allie's little brother. They're like, we haven't gotten a present for Joey yet. (laughs) Stuff like that. I truly, like, earlier in my notes, I forgot to mention it, but I had said, like, this is, Brenda's doing a good job, but she's not at, like, her prime of child acting. I think she's a way better actor in Stuck in the Suburbs. But then this scene came and I was like, Brenda did such a good job. I think, like, your girl heard me say that she wasn't bringing it to her usual standard and was like, I am going to, again, cry real tears. And where is her Oscar? Where is her Oscar? Jahan effect, <laughs> Brenda, please. 
every episode i am trying i am trying to jihad affect brenda i speak it into existence every day kieran culkin's having his moment what about his (laughs) sister-in-law And at this moment, Allie also tells us that her dad gives her mom a charm for her bracelet and has every Christmas that they've been together, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. The mom always knows it's coming, but she still gets emotional. And I think that's sweet. Yeah, I think that's cute as heck. <laughs> Avery, uh, I'll get you a charm bracelet. Stop. <laughs> So the snow has stopped. It's working. <laughs> uh, there is yet again a line that does not matter to the plot, but I loved it. We're back with Edwin, who is on his news report, and he says, The snow has stopped. Small consolation to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who slipped on a patch of ice in Burbank. <laughs> He's doing what his boss told him to do. He's trying to spice up that news. I- I'll say it. I'd be more likely to watch if I knew what was happening to celebrities. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) weather machine has stopped back to normal. The kids, while dad is waiting, they get a cactus to substitute for their (laughs) Christmas tree until dad gets back. (laughs) They said that they wouldn't get a tree until he came back. Yes. And I will say there are several very cute moments about of this family, like hanging out like the kids. They decorated a Christmas tree for their mom. It's so sweet. Yeah. But then what happens? The weather machine has a mind of its own and it turns back on, Jahan. (gasps) Turns on. And so now we're getting even more snow. (laughs) Allie, you done fucked up. (laughs) If you didn't know it before, you are going to know it now. So she wakes up beneath her beautiful Backstreet Boys poster, beneath her hideous clown painting that I think she did herself. She wakes up to a full blizzard. Mm-hmm. And so meanwhile, poor Sam's mom, she has to go out on the icy roads. And I'm like, did y'all not think? Like, we are putting lives at risk. But I digress. <laughs> We're putting... That's the thing. We're putting specifically Sam's mom at risk. She's in danger. I know. I hope she figured out the four-wheel drive. <laughs> she read the manual. I don't know. <laughs> Sam's mom has gone out on the road to support the hospital or to go to work. Meanwhile, our meteorologist has managed to pinpoint the exact location of the snow to Allie's address. And I was like, whoa, that 2000 tech. Listen, he must have the same tech that the elves are making. There are geniuses at work here. So he's found the address. Meanwhile, the girls, they're like, we need to stop this. But none of the buttons on the machine work anymore, no matter what they try. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We find out now that Allie's family, not only can dad not come, but like aunt, uncle, grandparents, like nobody's coming for Christmas. Joey is very upset that like dad, like he's happy that like <laughs> aunt isn't coming. Cause he's like, yes, like she doesn't even know my name, but like mom and Joey are devastated that dad is not coming. They are both crying. Yes. <laughs> it was so sad also i was like your dad's been gone for 24 hours y'all are acting like it's been years (laughs) i get it it's sad it's christmas there's this moment where like they're they're, like joey's really upset the mom's really upset and ali's like watching them and fully like crying i think both out of sadness and guilt (laughs) yeah it's it's all ali's fault and then not only that but like her mom's catering orders are getting canceled like right and left like her mom has worked so hard (laughs) And now everything's getting canceled. She had five parties. Everything's canceled. 
They have so much turkey in this house. Yeah. At one point, the assistant is puppeteering a turkey. I don't totally know why, but I loved it. Meanwhile, Edwin is trying to get through. So LA already has notoriously bad traffic. This man is trying to get through LA in the snow traffic to get to their house. He can't do it in his news van. He's supposed to be reporting about how the Friends cast is trapped in the studio. But instead, he is shoving some poor man off his snowmobile to take it to the house. And he's like, I'll mention you in my Emmy speech. I get it. We all want an Emmy. <laughs> and then meanwhile, the mom's clients aren't the only ones canceling parties. Blake Lynch, that eight-year-old says... No more. Party's been canceled. <laughs> the party's been canceled. Everything they were counting on with this storm has been ruined. Sam even says it. This thing is single-handedly destroying our lives. And Allie's like, thanks. As if I didn't feel bad enough already. Girl, you should feel bad. <laughs> and then don't we get like, isn't this the point that we get a friend confrontation? We do. So first, Joey spotted the machine. Yes. And he thinks it's his present. They kick him out of the room and they're like, Mom, Joey's bothering us. They tattle on him. So he's in trouble. And this is, yes, when we get a friend confrontation. Yes. So Sam, want to be clear, the child who always knew, she was like, I told you you shouldn't take, you shouldn't have taken the machine. Like, it was a bad idea. And Allie's like, well, you didn't stop me from taking the machine. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then she says, even though she did, she calls Sam a chicken like always. Allie is on her worst behavior. She does not deserve a friend like Sam. Sam is the moral backbone of this friendship and of this movie. <laughs> also, these two are trying to come up with truly any solution to make this machine stop. They're like, let's smash it with a hammer. What if that makes things worse? And then Allie's best suggestion is, if we make the antennas longer with these coat hangers, maybe it'll reach outer space. And Sam is straight up like, what the fuck do you think that's good? <laughs> maybe <laughs> she probably says it differently. I was going like, to say, did they say that Shahad in the Disney Channel original movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Brenda said exactly that. But she's like, oh, do you want to start the next Ice Age? Because yeah, why would you want to increase the range of this machine? They are at each other's throats. And finally... Allie is like, okay, you're right. I'm scared because the machine is like out of control, but it's not your fault. It's mine. I don't exactly remember the words. All I know is she did owe her that apology. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sam's like, okay, back to brainstorming. Do you have a lead box? Why do you think somebody would have a lead box, Sam? Are you getting your ideas out of the alley bucket of genius ideas? <laughs> <laughs> These 13 year olds are not meeting my standards. <laughs> So Sam suggests a lead box because she's like, I don't know, it worked for Superman. <laughs> <laughs> and then the power goes out and their Allie's like, well, well, wait, we have a toolbox in the garage. We could get that. We could put the machine in there and bury it in the backyard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But mom has been very clear. She does not want her children out in a blizzard. Listen, rules are meant to be broken, mom. Kids are meant to go out in blizzards. Yeah. I think Allie and, Allie and Sam make some sort of excuse that, like, they're going to look for flashlights in the garage. Yeah, because it's going to get dark. Yeah. Also, Joey immediately gets his revenge because they're like, Joey, don't tell mom we're sneaking out. And he tells them, but it's resolved within 15 seconds. They were like, we'll go outside. And he's like, can I go? And the mom's like, no, stay inside. So Joey is now left out and mad about being ratted out on. 
So he is like, oh, this is my chance to sneak up and check out my present, which they have not taken to the garage with them because they thought it was a good idea to leave it in the window box. <laughs> Unsupervised. These kids. But we get to the garage and who's in the garage, Sean? Well, it's a completely dark garage. Somebody runs into someone and you hear four ouch, 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 ouch. And somehow Santa and the elves have found their way into the garage. <laughs> we don't know how, but we do know that Allie is number 263 on Santa's Los Angeles Naughty Girl list. Mm-hmm. And I love this scene because <laughs> Santa like has to prove like who he really is. So he's out here like dropping tidbits about like each of them, about both Sam and Allie. My favorite. That is that Sam dances to Ricky Martin music and pretends to be married to him. <laughs> Listen, Santa is out here blowing up her spot. Also, not two years before this movie came out in the year 1998. I'm really taking us off track all the time, but I also have a Ricky Martin related secret. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> what are you about to reveal? This confession goes out to my childhood babysitter and still close personal friend, Arminda Bonia. <laughs> she had a Ricky Martin CD that we all loved listening to in the year 1998. And I took it to my room to use on my boombox. Avery is truly eating popcorn or something <laughs> as she listens to me confess right now. <laughs> um, I took it to my room, put it on my boombox and I put the CD case on my bed so I could, and then didn't think about it while I was truly jumping on the bed to live in La Vida Loca, a perfect song. So Sam and I have a lot in common. I jumped onto the CD case, cracked it, and was immediately like, time to put this CD back. <laughs> Returned it to Arminda's room. And y'all, it's been, it's been 23 years. It's time for me to tell Arminda. She, she asked me to my face what happened to the CD case. And I was like, I don't know. I'm five years old. <laughs> so I'm in bed. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, I was living La Vida Loca myself. Oh my Lord. <laughs> A confession 23 years later. Jesus. <laughs> the fact that this movie had someone's deep dark secret be related to dancing to ricky martin really felt like someone who wrote this movie saw me at my <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> anyway santa also <laughs> santa also knows ali's deep dark deep dark secret which is much sadder than dancing to Ricky Martin. Santa knows that Allie's really upset because her family is all too busy for each other, right? Her mom's busy catering, her dad's busy changing the world of e-commerce related to dog bones. You know, Joey's got basketball, Allie's got Blake Lynch, whatever, whatever, Bryce Lynch, I don't remember his name. So it's like everybody's kind of going in different directions. And Santa was like, you don't talk about it, but sometimes that makes you very, very sad. Sam's like, you've never told me that. And it's like kind of suggested that this is why Allie acts out so much. Like she's sad. Her family doesn't spend the time together that she would like. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's important, too, that like Santa brings up that on the outside, she has this perfect family. And I think that's something that like even Sam idolizes. Like she has a dad and she has a brother like 
she has like kind of this ideal like model family but like yeah in reality they don't spend enough time with each other and it makes Allie sad so at this point our boy Edwin has snowmobiled all the way to the house <laughs> and he rings on the doorbell. And I do think a very funny bit is that nobody recognizes him, even though like the mom's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, I'm Edwin from the Channel 3 News. This woman has been watching Edwin on the news the whole movie. It is so rude of her to not recognize him. <laughs> I know he's not a good dude. But I thought that was so rude. But nobody recognizes him because they're so bored when they watch his broadcast. Edwin's like, you guys won an afternoon with Edwin. You need to let me into your house. He's like investigating the pictures of her husband. He's looking at their lamp to see if there's anything like in the house that could be the source of the storm. He sends the mom off to the kitchen and is like, oh yeah, can you bring me a cup of coffee, some toast, a pot roast? <laughs> and the mom is like very annoyed, but goes off to like figure something out. Meanwhile, back in the garage, mm -hmm. Santa and Allie are like, and Sam and the elves are having a conversation. And there's a, the, the whole, I want to bring this up because like the whole movie, I was like, okay, why does Santa even have a weather machine? Like, what is its purpose? <laughs> like who would create such a thing that creates like high winds and earthquakes? And we finally get an answer in the garage. Because Santa says that he uses the machine as the ultimate Christmas present. That's the title of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we, need a, we need an alarm for that, too. That's the title of the film. <laughs> to, to remind people about the magic of the season. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great. If that was the case, why couldn't there have just been a snow button and nothing else? <laughs> Avery. You, uh, it's truly like Santa was like that woman in the meme with all the math around her head where like there was a clear A to B and he was like, ah, ah earthquakes, <laughs> lightning. <laughs> he was not thinking as clearly as you. He is not as smart as you, Avery. He's just a man making toys. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to make it a gentle white snowfall, not a blizzard. You know, something simple, something pure. You'd stop rushing around. You'd be together. You'd remember. Beautiful. Honestly, beautiful. At the same time, Allie's like, well, I fucked up something nice for everyone. <laughs> and she truly says, if I had, this is like her and Santa's heart to heart where she finally apologizes. If I hadn't been such a lame -o and just written my paper like I was supposed to, none of this would have happened. And at this moment, Allie, Allie, the actress kind of meets my Brenda song expectations because she rises to Sam's level because she's like, I'm so sorry, Santa. And it's said with like such intensity, she's crying. And I was like, OK, Oscar for her, too. Where are the Oscar nominations for this film? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Meanwhile, back in the house, the meteorologist, first of all, I know it did not take mom all that time to go make coffee, but the meteorologist is going just sneaking around their house. He's upstairs in Allie's room and Joey's in there with the mother machine. And like, isn't like they're like a storm or something like that brewing? Yeah, so he, cause he thought it was his present. He brought it inside, which means the snowstorm is now pretty much just in his sister's room going crazy. Yes. And so Edwin, our meteorologist realizes that this machine 
like can control the weather and he wants to take it for himself. He realizes that like with him controlling the weather, like he will be famous and like win a Pulitzer and like get all the fame and stuff that he wants. And so he's out here taking the machine for his own use. He also terrifies Joey, which is so rude. He's like, you shouldn't take things that don't belong to you. Sir, you are not a... This man is literally stealing from a child and gaslighting the child into thinking he has stolen the thing. He's like, I didn't steal it. I found it. He's like, you could go to jail for a very long time. And truly, he's like, Joey's like, I don't want to go to jail. And he like runs off screaming. (laughs) But yes, he like does his big like villain line, which is like, from now on, I will be the greatest weatherman in the world. Because I will control the weather. This guy really escalated quite fast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At this time, Joey's trying to tell his mom what's happening upstairs, but it sounds like the wild imaginings of a child unhinged. He's like, the man says I could go to jail. There's a snowstorm in Allie's room. I wouldn't believe Spencer (laughs) Breslin either in this situation. Yeah. But they need to get to the machine so Santa can fix it, right? Like Santa and Allie have made up and they need to, because, you know, who doesn't have a falling out with Santa occasionally in their childhood? But Santa and Allie have made up, but they need to get him to the machine so he can fix it. So they need to distract their mom because they can't bring grown men into their home unannounced. Sparky is assigned to Ding Dong Ditch, which he is delighted by. One of my favorite shots of the movie is just Sparky giggling off to the side as the mom looks for who rang the doorbell. <laughs> they make it upstairs, but what's happening upstairs, Avery? I don't know, Sean. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just felt like I was dominating, but I do know what happens. Upstairs. Oh, I actually don't. <laughs> so Sparky is distracting the mom with his incredible ding-dong ditch abilities. And upstairs, Santa and crew bust into Allie's room to see... Edwin, one foot out the window, holding the machine, which he is not prepared to return. He tries to escape them and obviously falls out the window. (laughs) Falls out the window and they're like, we'll take the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) He jumps onto his snowmobile and they run past Joey, who is like so fed up with the mom not believing him. He's like, no one ever believes me. And Allie is so rude. She's like, Joey, this is Santa and his elf. Don't tell mom. And then runs off. This poor boy. Everyone's going to think he's insane. (laughs) But yes, they are after Edwin, who is on the run in his snowmobile. And Allie says, I know a shortcut. And Sam is like, please, no, not another shortcut. (laughs) What follows is a sequence of events that I am utterly delighted by. One. They have to grab Sparky, who is distracted because he's smelling a flower. (laughs) And then there's a chase scene where uh, Edwin is making his way on the snowmobile. And he literally says, nothing can stop me now. (laughs) And the man he stole the snowmobile from yells, stop, and runs in front of him and (laughs) sends him off course. He goes crashing into a building, but not just any building. A candy factory. (laughs) This man drives a snowmobile into straight into a candy factory and he goes flying into a vat of chocolate. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why this happened, but it's incredible. Again, the choices made behind the scenes on this film 
are all impeccable. Chefs kiss everyone. He falls into a vat of chocolate, finds his way out, and he has gone like hiding somewhere into this candy factory. Santa, the elves, Sam and Allie get there and they're like, oh, where did he go? And they see his like chocolate footsteps <laughs> or his footprints. Uh-huh. And they're like, let's follow the footprints. <laughs> they go following the footprints. And then all of a sudden the footprints go missing. And then all of a sudden chocolate is like dripping down. <laughs> Up to one of the elves' hands, and he's like, what's that? (laughs) I simply must say, this sort of moment as a professional in the industry is the sort of thing a children's television writer dreams of. This level of whimsy, (laughs) this level of chaos. (laughs) My cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. (laughs) I'm sorry, I am so wired today. (laughs) But yeah, it's raining chocolate onto Sparky, who is obviously just eating it instead of being like, hmm, why is this happening? Yes, licking it off of his hand. No question as to where it's coming from. Just straight up licking it. Sparky is a special kind of genius. But they look up a ladder and Edwin is hiding on this like platform, like trying, holding onto the machine and is like, I'm not giving it back. It's mine. And they're like, Sparky, of all the people to send after him at this point, I personally wouldn't have sent Sparky, but they send Sparky and Edwin ziplines away from him with a candy cane. Unfortunately, nobody actually stops him on their own. He ziplines out of control into a box of cotton candy, dropping the machine in the process. And remind you, he's covered in chocolate. So now the like, cotton candy is now all stuck to his body (laughs) and the machine is flying through the air and if it breaks all is lost Allie finally redeems herself by diving onto the ground to catch it and save the day it's beautiful but you know this movie is not over yet no because we (laughs) still have to fix the weather machine we still haven't resolved our problem yes so Edwin's like Okay, I've lost the machine. I guess I'll just go. But he is detained by the elves. And we go back to the summer cabin where Edwin is now wearing Santa's robe. And Santa is working on the machine with the help of his two lovely assistants, Allie and Sam. Santa has done everything at this point. Mm -hmm. Touched every knob, fixed everything. Can't figure out what's wrong with it. He's even put in some chewing gum. Yes. Disgusting. Some ABC gum. Yuck. And so finally, isn't it Allie that recommends, like, well, have you checked the batteries? And Santa is like, well, please, I have my own special batteries. Ever Merry brand. They last 100 years. Why is he doing an advertisement to these children right now? (laughs) I don't know. But then Santa realizes that the last time he changed the batteries on the weather machine... He used generic batteries. And so that's the reason why our machine hasn't been working. This is so funny. The reason they have had all of these problems is because this man used like Walgreens brand batteries or something. Like (laughs) all of this happened because you didn't remember to put in the good stuff. The Duracell, the Energizer, the Ever Marys. You're really trying to get us some advertising tonight, John. I am thinking about our pockets. That is the ultimate Christmas present, Avery. Help. 
anyway. <laughs> they put in the new batteries. They get it working. And they bring the sun back to Southern California as it should be. Yes. We are back to, what did he say? A, like, is it, it's, it's sunny in 58 again? I or honestly would like have that? gone a little warmer. But yes, they go for 58 degrees. Right? I would have been like, I would have taken a 65. But I digress. I mean, 58 um, can occur in a... In LA December, but it does not make sense with the movie, uh, with like how much sunshine they have been describing to this point. Yes. And so now that we have the weather machine working and the weather back on track, Santa reminds Allie that she needs to use her brain for good to be responsible and reminding her that being on the naughty list is a temporary thing. I love that because he he says some really lovely things. He's like, you're a trailblazer with a great sense of adventure, but you know... Maybe don't use that to skip out on homework. Maybe don't use that to, like, take things that don't belong to you. And, like, if she's learned a lesson today, maybe she can, you know, get off the naughty list. My one problem with this really lovely scene, which felt like such a sweet lesson that shouts out how sweet and creative this girl really is. Like, he sees who she really is. She cares about her family. She's creative. She's sweet. Is this movie does not give Samantha enough attention. (laughs) Legit. Santa barely speaks to her in this scene. This girl was there doing the right thing at every opportunity. We also never hear confirmation that she's on the nice list when obviously she would be, right? Like, given everything we've learned about her. I don't know why we're so focused on the naughty girl. Give nice girls a chance. Anyway, (laughs) Edwin is upset. He wants a Pulitzer. He just wanted to be a meteorologist. And that's all he's wanted to be his entire life. And Santa's disappointed in him because he was like, You were a bright, inquisitive little boy. You weren't a selfish snob. Like, why are you so mean? And it's because, like, nobody's really appreciated the thing he cares about, meteorology. And Santa's like, okay, I can fix that for you and give you a new challenge. Because you clearly need to go to a place where weather is exciting. But you have to to be good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... They go to drop Allie and Sam off at home. Allie has one favor to ask Santa. We don't know what, but they drop him off. The girls go off to bed and wake up at their own homes on Christmas morning. Yeah. And Christmas morning comes and Allie's mom is apologizing for not getting her the rollerblades that Allie wanted. And mom is like, oh, dad may not be in time for Christmas, but... Our girl Allie has grown. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't even care about the rollerblades anymore. Like, she's like, ugh, mom, like, I wasn't even thinking about those. Ugh, growth. They are so sweet. She's like, let's, like, straight up, let's not open any presents until dad gets here. And Joey is, like, fully on board. He's like, let's not. And the mom's like, it's going to be a long time. And they're like, it doesn't matter. This family coming together, it's beautiful. Also, like, in the first scene, the dad's like, let's remember the true meaning of Christmas. And Allie's like, the presents. And she's joking, but she also means it. So she, like you've said, she's really grown. And at that moment, a postcard appears on their cactus tree. (gasps) And what's on the postcard? It's a picture of Santa and two very tall elves, Sparky and Crumpet. And it says, your gift should arrive right about. And she opens it and it just says, now yes we hear a a car honking Mm -hmm. outside right Mm -hmm. and we see this hummer (laughs) and who's in the hummer dad's home (laughs) yes 
dad managed to make it home from San Francisco. He was in the car at the rental car and he found someone to drive him back home to Los Angeles. Who's in the driver's seat and the passenger seat? Sparky and Crumpet, my princes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, when this happened, I said, this is a perfect movie. <laughs> they give Allie a cute little wink, a cute little nod, and oh, being together as a family is the ultimate Christmas present. She's right, it is. But you know what? There is still one gift, the dad did not show up empty-handed. <gasps> oh, yes. He has a new charm for mom's bracelet and is shaped like a snowflake. Oh, so beautiful. It's gorgeous. Santa makes it lightly snow. Does he? I don't remember. Well, you know, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's snowy. They're having a lovely Christmas. <laughs> and we go see Edwin happy in his new life at the South Pole where he runs the Edwin Hadley Institute of Meteorology. All of the students are little meteorology nerds that look exactly like him. And it's, uh, everyone lives happily ever after. The end. <laughs> the end. Happy holidays. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not a happy holidays until we hear from Adam. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this was such a fun one. I should say that I am actually from Los Angeles, so this one was really fun for oh. me. Especially all the, those little tiny references. Those those always uh, elicit a little smile out of me, like the 94 earthquake line. Uh, in the beginning, mm -hmm. when the brother is like, oh, what'd you get me for Christmas? Oh, I bet you got me, you know, roller skates or whatever. And then his final thing is, oh, I know what you got me. It's a poster of all the Lakers girls, which is all the, the cheerleaders for the basketball team that made me laugh. Um, I think my cousin did have a poster of the Lakers girls. I am from an LA family as well. Yeah, but, uh, it's a that's... staple. It's a staple of the early 2000s <laughs> is having a poster of the Lakers girls in your room. Um, I also love how Santa takes his summers in the woods of Los Angeles. I, mm -hmm. You know, good for that dude. The other thing I noticed as well, Brenda Song is in the beret in almost every single one of these films. Uh, she was in a beret in Stuck in the Suburbs. Uh, she was always in a beret in uh, The Sweet Life, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much always. That sounds right. She might be in a beret and get a clue. She is in Get a Clue. That's <laughs> what I was thinking, too. Wow. Thank you for noting this, Adam. Maybe we need a beret alert. A beret. A Brenda beret. <laughs> that Jennifer Love Hewitt line uh, of her slipping on a patch of ice in Burbank is very funny because <laughs> I'm, that's where I'm from. I'm from Burbank. Yeah. Uh, and there are no patches of ice anywhere in that town. Getting a little further, Edwin fully commits Grand Theft Auto in the middle of this this Disney kids movie. Does not apologize, or I mean, I guess he apologizes and does not really compensate him other than saying that he'll mention him in his Emmy speech, which he never gets an Emmy, so... One thing I did forget is Santa does tell that guy that he might get a new snowmobile. He might get a new snowmobile, although I did notice when they're in the candy factory, it looks completely fine. It looks like he just parked it right in the middle of the candy factory. Listen, let Horace get his new snowmobile. Let's not keep him. Hopefully he has two fully functioning snowmobiles. <laughs> In Los Angeles, when yeah. it's guaranteed to never snow ever again. Good for him. I'm really glad he had one. Just on hand. <laughs> to begin with. We also have to talk about the fact that this news anchor fully ends up tarred and feathered at the end of this movie. He lands in the, what is it, vat of chocolate, gets out, 
and then falls into the cotton candy and then gets out. He's fully tarred and feathered at the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. Wild. I, I, I guess that's, you know, his punishment for committing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I also love the, uh, the classic Christmas movie trope of at the end of the movie, the little girl leans in and asks a favor from Santa, but we don't get to hear what the favor is until the next scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was kind of corny until it paid off with the super badass, your gift should be arriving right about, and then she opens it and it says now. That's like what I try to do with my friends when I pull up at their house mm -hmm. to pick them up. I'm, you know, I always text them, I'm arriving now, and that's like right <laughs> when I pull up. This was a super fun movie. I really like this one a lot. Got me in the holiday spirit for sure. Wonderful. I guess we gotta talk cast. And what a loaded cast we have here, Avery. So many familiar faces. Oh. So little time. Can I just say, can I just say, I'm just going to throw it out here. I knew of Spencer Breslin. I've seen him in You Wish, and he has been a truly a 2000s kid. Why did I just figure out that he was related to Abigail Breslin? Where have you been? <laughs> I had no idea. Like... Where, where were you in the year 1999? <laughs> <laughs> no idea like I was like oh I know this like Spencer Breslin like in you wish cat in the hat Santa Claus two and three like I know this kid through and through I had no idea that he was related to Abigail Breslin this is shocking to me <laughs> Oscar nominated sister Abigail Breslin no idea I no could idea. talk about her being nominated for Little Miss Sunshine all day but that's off topic <laughs> And I am good at staying on topic. <laughs> but yes, um, a star. I honestly don't know what he's doing these days. Do we still get child actors of this caliber? I was thinking about it when I was... Um, I talk about child actors a lot. I talk about how I love Kiki Palmer. I talk about how Kieran Culkin is doing really great work on Succession, even though I am too much of a baby to watch it because everyone's mean to each other. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> But like, I talk about child actors a lot and I think Spencer and Abigail are both great, but I, maybe I'm just not seeing very many child actors. I work in the industry. I probably should be. But I feel like you had like child actors who were like the it kid back then, like Spencer Breslin and then 10 years before him, Macaulay Culkin, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Haley Joel Osment. Yes, Haley Joel Osment, right? Like there were little white boys that everyone knew your <laughs> face. <laughs> Who is that for us today? Like Zendaya kind of had that going on, but not really. Not until she broke through as an adult actor. Ariana wasn't like known by everybody until she became a pop star, you know? I guess Millie. What about Millie Bobby Brown? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think so. I think a lot of people know her face. Yeah. I know her face, but I have not seen Stranger Things. So. Oh, um. She's also in a Netflix movie as Sherlock Holmes' younger sister. It's cute. I did see that. Okay, yeah. you've seen something with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Um, but this cast, stacked. Spencer Breslin again. Already a legend in the year 2000. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm um, and again, a very big decom actor as well, because he did You Wish and this. And honestly, as long as you have two, you're already big in my books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he also did Disney's The Kid, which was not a decom, but was a movie I loved. It's a wild comedy drama starring Bruce Willis, and I don't honestly know the point of it, but I loved it. 
But it seems like right now he's in a band. He's hosting a podcast. He's, I guess, that's that's all I know so far. Okay. Good for him. His sister is also still acting. Yes, yes. We have Allie, played by Haley Hirsch. So I don't know if you guys watched Flight 29 Down, because that's where I knew her I from. I did not. <gasps> okay, so let me get like <laughs> real nerdy for a second. So my family and I used to watch Discovery Kids <laughs> on Saturday mornings, like religiously. And so Flight 29 Down had like Corbin Blue her like it was basically a child's version of lost like these kids were on some sort of plane and they got and it got crashed on an island and they were stranded on an island so this is where i knew her from and i was like oh my god <laughs> this show sounds incredibly stressful they're too young to be sk- stranded on an island you have to watch it oh was my god. so good it has the guy from now you see me yes <laughs> This is like the decoms were like, we're going to poach the cast of Flight 29 down. We're going to get one yes. for Now You See Me, <laughs> one for The Ultimate Christmas Present, one for High School Musical. My God, a stacked children's cast. Yes, Flight 29 down was kind of it. <laughs> I'm obs- Whenever you want to talk about Discovery Kids shows like Strange Days at Blake Colsey High, I literally rewatched that last month. I like obsessed, obsessed. If any of our listeners want to start a separate podcast with Avery, <laughs> I've never watched a single <laughs> one of these. I watched like a little bit of Blake Holsey High and I remember thinking how clever the pun was. I was like, there's, there's like black holes. <laughs> yes. So good. I could talk about Discovery Kids shows all day. But yes, she was in Flight 29 Down. Mm -hmm. She has done like a lot of like, she's had a career. Mm -hmm. Like she's done like a lot of like CBS shows. I remember her in an episode of Cold Case and Criminal Minds. I think she did ER for a minute too. Yeah. Yeah. So our girl Haley's been busy. But like not recent. Oh, I was going to say not recently, but she's had like, she has one 2020 credit in a, a, a film but like she's done one thing since 2014 and it was in 2020 and honestly maybe it was released late because that sounds surprising (laughs) but yeah she's not doing much anymore but she's also got two kids and she runs a donut shop so she has a very full life i love that can we go to Asheville and go to her donut shop it's in north carolina yeah let's go We've talked about going to Asheville with a friend of ours before, and it sounds to me like the time is now. Adam, you should join. <laughs> You'll all get along. Friend group mixing is important. It, it helps you uh, grow as a person. I want you to know I am notoriously bad at friend group mixing. I was about to say, it's something that Jahan is growing in. <laughs> We're working on. Edwin Hadley is played by Peter Scolari who I didn't even realize I recognized until I saw his name. And I was like, oh, Peter Scolari, that's the dad from Girls. Oh, okay. But he actually had a very, like, he's since passed, but he had, like, a very extensive Mm. career. He won an Emmy for his work on Newhart. He got three Emmy nominations. So he was, like, a big deal in, like, 80s and 90s sitcoms, I think. Okay. He was on Bosom Buddies, which I never watched, but I feel like gets a lot of reference. And then he was a lead on Newhart for six years i will say from my perception he's not our only celeb we have a lot of celebs in this cast but you know we always have like a couple of big adult actors and he actually would have been one to adults watching at the time Hmm. okay i do want to talk about 
the mom. Of course. <laughs> so the mom, played by Haley Todd, for people of our generation, we're going to know her as the mom from Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Tell me why I read the name Haley Todd and I immediately heard, like, figure it out on the way. <laughs> Like the Lizzie McGuire music started playing, the red balls were bouncing. Like that's when I see her name, I think of those opening credits. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. So like very similar to like what you were saying about the guy who played Edwin, like I only knew her from Lizzie McGuire, but like looked back on her IMDb and like woman has been in a lot of shows, like a lot of shows. And like in the eighties and the nineties, like she was in, couple of episodes of like murder she wrote she was in an she was in an 80s show called brothers and i was just curious because i was like what is this about can i read the description to you because i would find this show today okay i would love that this is the premise of the show brothers when their younger brother comes out as gay two conservative men support him and help him navigate being openly gay in 1980s philadelphia find this show immediately for me (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna find this on streaming this feels wait, I'm a not, decade wait, I'm ahead of done. time. Oh, go on. Please, I'm so sorry. There's more! <laughs> so wait, then, then she was in a 1990 show or like called Life with Roger. This is the premise of Life with Roger. <laughs> on his wedding eve, uptight doctor Jason Stoller stops homeless Roger Hoyt from suicide and makes him his roommate. And Roger makes the now single Jason a more free spirit. Aspiring actress Lainey, his sister, lives next door. I would watch both of these shows right now. <laughs> People were really throwing a lot of concepts at the sitcom premises back then. And why aren't we now? <laughs> I'm telling you now, I would watch both of these shows today. <laughs> Brothers is an incredible premise that I feel like you could successfully pitch today. I'm going to watch an episode for sure. She has a very full career too. Uh, she still acts. It uh, looks like acting in like occasional kid stuff every now and then. I bet she wanted the Lizzie McGuire show to come back. Yeah. Mm. Disney, you let us down. We're going to have to watch How I Met Your Father instead. Think about that. Think about that. <laughs> um, the cast, again, stacked. Because you've got Sparky, who is played by Bill... I'm going to read the pronunciation that Wikipedia has listed, so hope I get it right. Bill Feigerbaki, who is the voice of Patrick Starr. But you know, that's not where I recognized him from because I obviously don't know what he looks like. I guess um, I don't know what Patrick Starr looks like, but he's also Marshall's dad on How I Met Your Mother. Not to invoke that show twice in two minutes, but he has like a notable role. Like it's only 12 episodes of How I Met Your Mother, but he's a pretty big part of the show around that time. Hmm. Okay. I guess so. That's why I, that's why I knew his face. But I think Patrick Starr is a pretty notable role. <laughs> And I think this should also give you a really good idea of what Sparky sounds like. <laughs> like, he's dumb. <laughs> he's probably actually, having said that, we just listed two adults with, like, a lot of work on this list. He actually probably is the most consistently working actor of all of them. Not the biggest face, but he was, like, on Coach, which was a huge show. As an assistant coach, he wasn't, like, a small role. He was, like, a main character who, given his typecasting, was probably a big dummy. He was in... Oz, which was a very big early 2000s HBO show with our boy Stabler from SVU. Uh, <laughs> he's done a, a, a lot of big, st- like 
really like consistent work. Also, I guess now Patrick Starr has his own show, which I forgot. So he's a lead in that, obviously. <laughs> he also does a ton of voice acting. SpongeBob puts out so much content. This man is in so many video games. Oh, Crumpet. Crumpet is John Sally, a former NBA player. <laughs> that would explain the height. <laughs> He's 6'11". Okay, honestly, I underestimated his height. <laughs> there's, a lot of there's a lot of jokes in the movie about how he's tall and how, like, it's not a big deal that elves are tall. Stop talking about it. But I did not, like, I was just like, yeah, of course he's taller than these 13-year-olds, but he's, like, fully, like, 6'11". But yes, he is a former basketball player. He played for a bunch of teams, including the Bulls, the Lakers, the Raptors, the Pistons. And he was a longtime host of a Fox sports show. I feel like I mostly know him from this movie and having seen him on it as a kid, but he does some acting here and there. But he was in Confessions of a Shopaholic, which I still have never seen. You've never seen Confessions of a no, Shopaholic? I love Isla Fisher. It's on my list. Every time that movie is on somewhere, I have to watch it. I love it Ooh, so much. <laughs> I love a movie like that. But yes, so he is a celebrity basketball player who seems to do a lot of like acting and commentating and also vegan activism. <gasps> Ooh. Tell your mom. I will. My mom's a vegan for listeners of the show. <laughs> Another is Greg Williams played Steve. Oh, the dad, Steve Thompson, was on Dead Like Me. Uh, so. Again, nobody else really big other than who I've listed, but I think Patrick Starr, an NBA player, the mom from Lizzie McGuire, and the dad from Girls is a pretty good lineup. Also, I've left out, oh, and Spencer Breslin, but I've left out, of course, our queen, who we've talked about before and who we'll talk about again, because your girl does not stay away from the DCOMs. Brenda Song, her first DCOM, her first appearance, and she's good, as we mentioned. She is so young in this. I think all the kids did a great job. I think Spencer Breslin, again, a legend. But this is interesting because it is like kind of Brenda's first role and it feels that way. But you see the star within. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that what we've done two of her movie of her decom movies. We still have two more, maybe even three. If we count a Sweet Life movie. I guess we have to do the Sweet Life movies at some point. So I guess more than two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She is a star. Truly. I'm always grateful for her. She had done some acting before this, but this was her first DCOM. Oh, and her role won her the award for Best Performance in a TV Movie Comedy, Supporting Young Actress. They don't say what award show, but she won it. <laughs> I believe it. The tears were real because I was like, oh. The tears were real. God. And then she goes on to be in Like Mike. This age for Brenda? I just tried to chef's kiss, but I'm not <laughs> visible to y'all. So just know that Brenda is killing it. And every time we have an episode with a movie with her, unfortunately, I will forget to stop talking about her. <laughs> All right. Do we have any other fun facts and things? No, I think that's really all I've got for you. All right. I hope everyone is having a happy holidays. And I hope you have the ultimate Christmas present of time with your loved ones. You know, this podcast is something of an ultimate Christmas present for me. Because I get to hang with my pals. Aww. I meant it. I meant it. But I really was like, Jihad, you are late. <laughs> <laughs>
Jahan, this has been our third movie in the 2000s, right? Our past three movies have been in the 2000s, correct? Yes, we did mean to leave the era, but when I heard Avery had not seen the ultimate Christmas present, I said, it's time for me to give her the ultimate Christmas Stop. present. Stop. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I could do this all day, and I have been doing it for multiple hours. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe for our next movie, we should go... We should maybe fast forward in time. Maybe. I would love to. Maybe to the future. Ooh. Ooh. I'm excited. <laughs> and more excited than that, I'm excited for you to follow us on Twitter at from A to Xenon. Email us at supernovagirls2049 at gmail.com. Follow me at Jehan413 on Twitter. Follow Adam at the podcast Adam on all platforms. And follow Avery at Camille says 36 See you next year. Ooh, yes. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. See you in 2022.